1: It's
2: time for Caveman Corner, presented by Midland Engineering Company on Michiana's Sports Leader, 96.1 FM, WSBT. We're talking all things Mishawaka Caveman Athletics. And now, the hosts of Caveman Corner, Sean Styers and Dean Huffert. Go. Penn, Mishawaka leading 49-42 to 42 here in the first overtime period. From the shotgun polish,
3: takes the snap, looks to the left, under pressure. Now he wants to scramble, still scrambling to his left, and finally, he's in the backfield. B.J. Fisher
2: brings him down, and Mishawaka wins the backyard ball 49-42 to 42 in overtime for the first time in eight years. Mishawaka defeats Penn and the Cavemen win the NIC North. Well, it was a cold and rainy Friday night, Dean Huppert, but uh, in the end, it turned out to all be worth it by the time it was all said and done. 49 42, Mishawaka defeats Penn to not only win that backyard brawl, but claim the NIC North Division Championship as well.
4: And that's the first time I've heard the call. I just got <laughs> chills as, as I heard that because, I mean, being there, you see the moment and you're nervous as it's happening, but to see the play actually happen, but to relive it with the excitement of your voice, uh, amazing job by you. Thank well, you.
2: Well, I, I appreciate it. It, it, it was uh, an eventful Friday night on our end of things. We can talk
4: about that at some other point. but what a great time for high school football to see that rivalry and to to come to an overtime and to see just great competition and, and Penn couldn't have been a more gracious host in, right. in victory and defeat.
2: Well, and that's uh, I should say, that we appreciate, because we did have some technical things going on on our end, and we appreciate the Penn administration trying to help us through it and uh, kind of sticking uh, through it with us sure. to, to try to get things solved. We definitely appreciate that. We've got a full house tonight, as always, Monterey Mexican Bar and Grill. We've got a couple members of the Cape Man football team who are... Blonsky and Ricky King, they'll join us here in just a little bit. John Hummer, who picked up a uh, pretty good uh, win over Penn himself back in the spring. He's here, the baseball coach. He'll join us coming up in just a little bit as well.
4: Yeah, you think about Coach Hemmer. He he, he followed up basketball after that, right. and and he was hoping to get a couple victories over him, but he got the big one in the regional That's right. of the baseball. So got the most important and, one. <laughs> and of course, it, it's baseball time now with the ALCS, There You NLCS, go, so there you he go. Can fill us in on his expertise. Well,
2: uh, Keith Kender couldn't be with us because he's at another Mishawaka Penn game. He's over at the JV game as we speak right now. The head coach of the Cavemen football team, and we've got him on the phone right now. For a few minutes, are are you with us there, Coach? I'm here. You got me. <laughs> yes, yes, we do. We've got you. So you're three days removed from that uh, victory, 49 to 42 in overtime. How does it feel? Not just to beat your biggest rival for the first time in eight years, but win a conference championship all in one fell swoop.
3: Well, you know, first of all, I got to echo uh, Dean Hubbard's sentiments. I just heard your call. Uh, while I was on hold here uh, to to end the game. and uh, It it brought back – I I can visualize it uh, listening to your call. So, uh, you know, like you guys said, it was a really (laughs) exciting night. Um, I I wish we had made it as interesting as we made it. Uh, I I thought for the most part we played uh, really well offensively and defensively. We had uh, a few turnovers and and some mistakes in the special teams that – You know, made it a little closer than I think it needed to be. But, uh, you know, anytime you beat a quality team like Penn, you got to be happy
4: coach i know you you weren't happy about some of the miscues you don't want to make excuses for the kids but penn has done that to a lot of teams in the past they put pressure on you then you add in the coldest night of the year the wettest night of the year and i'm sure you're going to be talking to the kids and working with them on some of those things but in big games like that uh, the weather doesn't help but that defense and, and the pressure they were putting on it was coming at you all night
3: yeah, it was, and, you know, I think that, that, that like you said, you know, they, they force a lot of mistakes because of how well-coached they are and how disciplined they are. Uh, the, the ones that, that bothered me were the unforced ones, you know, the, uh, the, the poor communication on the field in the kickoff and the, and the bad snap. Uh, in the punt game and, you know, putting the ball on the ground, fumbled snaps and, um, you know, that that sort of stuff are things that uh, when you get to this late in the season and you're playing good teams every single week and your season's on the line or a championship is on the line, those are things you just, you got to cut out or eventually they're going to catch up to you.
2: Well, I mean, and I know that you don't want to give up 14-point leads, and you, you don't want to see all those things happen, but three different times you had a 14-point lead. Here comes Penn again. They tie the score, and and obviously uh, the game ends up going to overtime. But what does it say about your team's mental resolve that you were able to, to overcome all that adversity and still beat a, a, a Penn team that hadn't lost in, uh, in eight years in NIC play?
3: Well, I I think it says a great deal about the the senior leadership that we have, um, the the calm demeanor, uh, their positive attitude, the fact that they just play the next play, which is something that we preach to our kids all the time. In high school football, uh, there's going to be a ton of good things that happen, and there's going to be bad things that happen on Friday nights. And it's really how you respond to the bad things. And uh, I was incredibly proud of the way our kids responded to adversity um, and you know, going into the overtime period with us getting the ball first and, and scoring, I think that then kind of turned and, and put some pressure on Penn. Um, extremely proud of our kids' effort, uh, like I am every Friday night. Um, just well, we're focusing this week on correcting more things that we got to get better
4: at. Coach, I know you've talked about responding all season long. That's been a theme of yours. But, boy, you talk about uh, Mishawaka breaking the 183-game NIC win streak back in 2009 and 2010, and then now it was a 47-game streak. When you got a kid like Chris Harness break off an 80-yard run, you've got a Sam Shively, and all of a sudden he's going for 57. It had to have just made you smile because not only are those kids making plays, but there were some holes there that they were running through that all of a sudden now this is this is what we wanted to see uh, from the start of the game and you got that a lot
3: yeah the you know uh, the the big one uh, they were all big obviously on friday night but the big one to me was the uh, when it was 28-28 after we had just not fielded the uh, the kickoff and pen scores right away uh, our first play back Chris has an 80-yard touchdown run where he breaks a tackle at the line of scrimmage, and all of a sudden we're back up 35 to 28. And and Penn has to be feeling like, oh, we got to we got to go down and score right again. And then we get a three and out and an answer with another score uh, to start the fourth period. So yeah, we, we had more big plays in that game uh, on Friday night than I think we've had collectively <laughs> the past four or five years against Penn, uh, and that's a credit to our quarterback our fullback our really good offensive line um and, and you know uh, people are going to look at that score uh and see 42 points in fact um i've had several people that didn't watch the game but just saw the score say wow there was no defense played in that game but that's really unfair to our defense because our defense stopped 10 on offense eight times in that game um uh, we turned the ball over Uh, If you count the special teams' mistakes and that stuff, we gave Penn the ball inside our own 34 different occasions um, and twice inside the 10. So our defense played fantastic, and and they were a big reason for why we were in the game and, and in overtime.
2: Well, and let's just mention four sacks and five tackles for loss that your defense had in that game. It was, uh, it, it was a really good defensive game, I thought. I mean, there's not a lot you can do when, when you're in short-field situations like that uh, more than you want to be.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we, we, we thought going in, if we could get some pressure on Paulus... Um, You know, we could kind of get him off his feet and and make him have to move around a little bit in the pocket and get him uncomfortable. We thought that we had a good shot to be successful uh, defending them, and and that worked. We did get some pressure on him. He's a really good player. Uh, I think he's only going to get better. Um, But, uh, you know, our pressure, our ability to to get pressure, and then uh, Grant Jablonski, who's there, going to talk to you in a little bit, made some really good plays out on the outside uh, covering. Uh, Number 17, Boynton, their best receiver.
4: Coach, I, I hated to say that you were right, but at halftime you were talking to my buddy Bo Hunt, and you said, this game's far from over. I thought, oh, I, I hope he's wrong, but, <laughs> but you were exactly right. And I know Saturday morning you turned the page 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock in the morning. You and the coaching staff already out there preparing for Hobart. Today you had the sectional meeting, and you turned the page, and all of a sudden you're, you've you got a quality opponent, 7-2, and two, the Brickies at their place. It's not going to get any easier the first round of the sectional.
3: No, it's not. And Hobart doesn't care one bit that we beat Penn. They care about beating (laughs) us and and ending our season. And and we kind of delivered that message to our kids today. And and one of the things that we tried to tell them was, hey, listen, what happened last Friday was a, a very memorable night. It's something that you're going to talk about for the rest of your lives. But let's hold off talking about it. For a few more weeks and meaning hey let's focus on trying to win another championship because there's another one out in front of us uh if we play well the next three weeks but i'm telling you man hobart is good and we have got to play really really well uh at their place uh to be able to continue our season
2: Hey, Keith, we appreciate you joining us. Congratulations once again. There's a lot more we can get to on, on this game when we meet for our pregame interview for, for Friday later this week. I'll let you get back to that JV game, and we've got some uh, some guests that are going to be joining us here. We can talk more about that and some baseball as well. Congratulations. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. That's Keith Kinder, head coach of the Mishawaka Cavemen and and you've got some information about that sectional. You want to hit that real quick, Dean?
4: Yeah, the game is gonna be at seven thirty Mission Walker time. That's six thirty at uh Hobart in central time. Uh there will be tickets available in the main office. We're going to make tickets available this week that people can get pre-sale tickets. And they said for fans to take the toll road across and do not go on County Line Road. They said take the toll road to the Portage exit, get off there, and you're going to have no no problems getting in. Uh, everything I've heard, it's a beautiful facility, Okay, first class. Uh, they've got a video board there. I'm interested to watch that. And mm. uh, uh, I know Coach Bovenkirk played there can, back in the Bricky right. Bowl day. <laughs> and uh, I guess the Bricky Bowl still stands. They have County Concerts and things there just oh, cool. down the street, but right. uh, this is a new facility with turf.
2: All right, excellent. So go to the portage exit and just go south instead of the other way, I yeah, take Yeah,
4: tickets are six dollars just like they have been all season. Uh, okay, kids in uh, uh, pre K, they're going to get in free.
2: All right, sounds great. Caveman Corner live at Monterey Mexican Bar and Grill along with Mishawak Athletic Director Dean Hubbard. I'm Sean Steyers, and we've got a couple uh, are the, who's going to join us next.
4: Let's go to the football players. Okay. They got their, they got their <laughs> plates all clean.
2: All right. So Grant Jablonski and Ricky King are going to join us next. We'll take a timeout and back with a couple of the victorious cavemen right after this on 96.1 WSBT, the sports leader. We are back live at Monterey Mexican Bar in Mishawaka Athletic Director Dean Hubbard. I'm Sean Steyers. John Hummer, the Mishawaka baseball coach, will be joining us here in a minute. We've got a couple football players, Ricky King and Grant Jablonski, ready to go. Ricky is is holding the microphone there. So here's the toughest question you're going to get all night, Ricky. You're sitting next to Grant Jablonski, so tell us something about Grant Jablonski that most people might not know. Yeah, I told you it was the toughest stumped question. Him. It stumped you right away. Get, there's got to be something that you
1: know about the guy. Took you, you well, got to talk into the microphone. So, uh, Grant, <laughs> freshman year, he broke his collarbone playing football at practice. He decided to take a two-year leave from the football team, which you know, I'm a little disappointed about. We really missed you those two years. And now he's back. All right, yep. so
2: hand it, hand it to him. And, Grant, you can tell us something about Ricky King.
5: Uh, Little do people know, although Ricky doesn't play basketball anymore, still has the dirtiest post move out of our friend group, (laughs) and you can ask anyone and they'll agree. All
2: right, well, those are a couple of good ones right there. Let's start with with what he said, because I was going to ask you about that. I heard at the start of the season, I saw you play basketball, and know you played baseball last year, but I, I heard that you had played as a freshman and then hadn't played the last couple of years. So what made you decide to come back and play football this year?
5: Uh, Yeah, I was watching the guys every Friday night from the stands, and um, I just realized that I wanted to be out there with with them, and watching from the stands wasn't enough anymore.
4: Coach talked about just what a difference you've made this year, and I know it had to have been a lot of fun, not just celebrating, but playing in an intense game last Friday night. Talk about that atmosphere and just knowing you're going up against a great quarterback with an, with an awesome arm. And for a defensive back, that, those those things aren't always good to hear, but you guys handled mm-hmm. it at the
5: end. Yeah, Penn's a really good team uh, year in and year out, and those are games that you dream of playing ever since you are a little kid and finally been able to play in one and come out on top uh, – Month of the world for us.
2: Well, you've been on. I mean, we were talking at the start of the show about the fact that the basketball team beat Penn last year. You had the big win with the baseball team. So, I mean, it's it's been a pretty successful uh, year for, for Grant Jablonski and the teams that he's been on as far as uh, taking on Penn goes, huh? Yeah, we, we've
5: been working really hard, and uh, it's all starting to pay
2: off. Ricky, I'll let you take that back. And it just as an, as an offensive lineman or just a member of the football team, I guess, first of all, what did it mean to you to be able to go out there? And beat Penn for the first time in your yeah, career
1: for sure uh, you no know, we haven 't beat them in eight years, and it was just nice to go out there and play hard and beat them because you know last year was not a good game against them, and they really just dominated and then this year we came out here and beat them and it was you know really good for the team with their confidence
4: you know it doesn 't seem fair that your longest trip of the year is your only loss coming back from Chicago <laughs> and your shortest trip of the year Happens to be your biggest win. You probably wanted that bus ride. Let's go all over town and cruise. It, it must yep. have been fun in the locker room and then with
1: the guys after the game. Definitely, definitely. It was one of the most memorable nights of my life.
4: Yeah, I, I talked to Coach Sargent afterwards. I said, hey, I, Coach Kinder's in the locker room. I think he wants to get going. He said, the boys are taking pictures right now, Mr. Hopper. <laughs> I think we ought to let him take pictures. <laughs> I said, "Well, you make a good point, but I, I'm just saying the coach is waiting on the inside." But it was a it was a really fun night for everybody. No, absolutely, and I, I mean, oh,
2: I've I've talked to Coach Kinder about this throughout the season about the fact that you know there were times, you, you Dean was talking about Marist basically the the longest trip, but I mean you can go down the line: Marist, New Prairie, uh, Valparaiso. And, and you kind of referenced the fact that you guys got pushed around by some of those teams. But uh, you've more than pushed back this year. So why do you think it is that, that you've been able to stand, not just stand toe-to-toe, but, but uh, beat all but one of those teams? And the only loss is by a field goal on the road after yeah. a two-hour thunderstorm.
1: Yeah, it really motivated us this year because we got, we got dominated around last year. And Kinder really made that a, p- a point that these were teams that pushed us around last year. if we played good and we played tough that we could win all the games
4: grant could you talk about just responding to adversity and and i know coaches talked about that all season it's kind of a theme to you know something bad happens let it go no rear view mirrors and just keep pushing forward that as a defensive back you have to do that that's got to be a mentality but as a team i know that's something that he's preached and even after a loss he was very calm and said you know what we've got chances to win championships in october and november let's keep stay the course and, and make things happen this year
5: yeah it's, it's been a reoccurring trend throughout the games we've had to uh, fight adversity and come back late and it, it's something we practice during the summer um we get trained uh, in tough situations uh, and when it comes time for the games we're, we're ready for it so penn had a chance
2: to win that game at the end of regulation they line up for a 37 yard field goal and they missed.
5: Do you remember what you were thinking after that ball missed the uprights? Uh, I was I was just excited to, to give the ball back uh, in the hands of our offense and let them do what they do best.
2: What about the mentality of your defense? Because, I, I mean, we, we were talking with Coach Kinder and Dean and I were talking as well, just that the 42 points you gave up is not indicative of the way you guys played out there defensively Friday night.
5: Yeah, we, we know as a defense that... Um, Even if we don't execute flawlessly, if we still fly to the ball, and um, if if everyone can get to the ball, we will be all right no matter what happens. Has it been an easy
2: transition coming back in for you playing cornerback? Because, I mean, it it doesn't look like you're a guy who's been away for two years. You jumped right into the starting lineup playing corner, and, I mean, you've you've played at a pretty high level as a senior.
5: Yeah, it was tough at first getting back into it, but... um, I don't think i missed a Michigan football game even, even when I wasn't playing, so knowing what they're all about was uh, nothing new for me.
4: Now I know your buddies with Sam Shively, and afterwards, all these guys had incredible sound bites, and they're talking about, oh, beating Penn. Uh, he made the comment that I asked him about running away from people. He said... Well, you know, people have been calling me Chubbs because I put on some weight, so it was nice to be able to prove that I can still run away. I mean, where did that nickname come from, and I, were you part of that deal?
5: Yeah, we, we all kind of chipped in on that. That's That's been the joke uh, since last year. He's put on a few LBs, so it's good, good to see him break away for one. Ricky, uh,
2: both Sam Shively, the quarterback, and Chris Harness, your, uh, your running back, were over 100 yards the other night. Shively, 157 yards. Harness 264 yards, and and uh, Chris is now the second all-time leading rusher at the school. So, as an offensive lineman, how much pride do you take in what those guys are able to do?
1: Yeah, it means a lot to the whole line, but Chris really makes it easy for us because really all we have to do is just stand in front of our guy, and Chris will hit the hole fast. And same with Shively; they do such a great job.
4: Now, when we talked to those guys, they were very appreciative, and I think there's a nice respect there that they do have a hole and they're, they're going to go through it. Oh, yeah. And Coach Kinder actually said earlier this year that this is the best offensive lineman he's seen in a long, long time, which was a huge compliment because they don't deal that out fourth, fifth game of the season, but he said these guys
1: know what they're doing and they're working hard. Yeah. We, we, I mean, we come in every day, practice the same stuff, and we, we need to we perfect the little things. So, you know, in, when the game comes, everything's just muscle memory, and we can just help. Op-
4: so you haven't you haven't showed up to your locker and seen a pair of cowboy boots or anything like that from Harness
1: or? From oh driving. no, no. Peyton used to do no that no watches of that yeah, 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 good yeah. stuff. Okay, okay.
4: You opened the lineup for me. <laughs> Maybe
1: if Chris makes big one day.
4: <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, that that eighty yard eighty yard run was still something special. You talk about responding. Yeah. And the, the sideline a little bit down, like okay, guys, we got to get some before you could even be sad. Boom! All right, here we go. New life. Well, and, you know,
2: Coach, and we haven't talked specifics yet, and I I talk to him usually on Thursday for a pregame, but he talked about giving the the Penn defensive front kind of some different looks early on. Did some of that kind of help set up what Sam was able to do with those two long touchdown
1: runs? Oh, yeah, for sure. We We came out with plays we usually don't run to take advantage of overflowing linebackers, and once we got some counter plays on them they stopped flowing as hard and it opened up a lot more for our offense
4: shively did complete half his passes.
1: that's true one for two yeah <laughs> <laughs> not quite as many as
2: the week before in that two minute drill but yep you're right he was he was right up there again well guys congratulations Thank again best you. of luck to you Thank this you. week in sectionals and and uh obviously not just this week but but uh hopefully for the long haul as well Yep. Thank you. Thank you right. Nope. Yep, no problem. That's Ricky King and Grant Jablonski from the football team and, of course, the basketball team and the baseball team as far as Grant goes as well. We've got the baseball coach, John Hummer, on deck. He's going to join us next as we continue with more at Monterey Mexican Bar and Grill Caveman Corner on 96.1 WSBT, the sports leader. a Mexican bar and grill with uh, Bishwak Athletic Director Dean Hubbard. I'm Sean Stiers. We'll be talking in just a minute with uh, John Hemmer, the Mishawaka baseball coach. He's got his son here with him and, and uh, he looks like he's the one who wants to do all the talking but Dean, you've got some some information here first that I'm going to let you get to.
4: Yeah, a couple sports notes. November 14th we're going to have our Fall Sports Award at 6 o'clock. That's going to be at the Cave this year and also today was released the Mishawaka High School Athletic Hall of Fame. Get your nominations in now for the 2019 Hall of Fame inductions that will take place in the spring. Student category, former MHS students who have passed the anniversary of the commencement of their graduating class. Of course if they've had a significant contribution to high school college amateur professional athletics there's also a general category for those who are not MHS students but who have made a significant contribution to the success of Mishawak High School athletic programs. We're going to be taking nominations until December 15th. You walk down that hallway as you come into the school and you see the former grades, and it's just really neat to see and to see the pictures and the stories and people like Marv Wood and Al Smith and Sharon Versa. There have been so many great people that have come through Mishawaka and made a big difference. All right. Sounds good. So, again, get your uh, nominations in
2: for the Mishawaka. Is it the Athletics Hall of Fame? Mishawaka is that what it is?
4: Athletic Hall of Fame. Okay. That's right. Yeah. All right. We do it every two years, and this is the year that, that we come back and, and bring in some more nominees. All right.
2: Sounds good. Get those nominations in. John, how you doing tonight? I'm doing fine. Thank you. Glad to have you in here with us. And, and like we said, John is the baseball coach at Mishawaka. And uh, I guess, first of all, Grant Jablonski was sitting here, and I know he was a good pitcher, and did did he play outfield for you last year as well?
6: Actually, Grant was our shortstop.
2: Shortstop, okay. Okay, and so he did a little bit of both, and you've got a lot of guys on this football team. Sam Shively, who pitched in the regional game against Penn and won last year. Ryan Watt, who saved that game. C.J. Fisher, Donovan Snyder, Derek Dawson, the catcher who's going to Evansville. Uh, Nick Bodle, I believe, as well. Is that right? Is there anyone that I'm leaving out you can think of that's also on the football team?
6: Uh, Sam, Sh- Sam Rashke.
2: There you go. Okay. So, I mean, that's a pretty good list right yes, there. Yes, it
6: is. It's a very good list. Very talented group of, of young men. So it, what, what were you doing there?
4: Going through the batting order or were you going through the <laughs> positions? I saw your mind clicking.
6: I was going through the positions.
4: Okay. <laughs> going
2: around the infield, going around the outfield. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, what's what's it like as, a, as a, the baseball coach, one, to, to see these guys accomplish what they just accomplished this, this season and Friday, obviously, in particular?
6: Well for me it's it's a thrill to watch these guys because of the way they finished last season with baseball and for any of my players it's always a thrill for me to watch them play another sport because it gives me something or for some guys to cheer for in the off season and uh, to always follow up and see how they're doing you know I got there are guys who are doing football tennis soccer uh, wrestling, so we got guys playing multiple sports, and that
4: is something that we embrace: uh, multi-sport athletes. And you're one of the guys who who encourages them to do that. Let's take a break from your arm. Let's go out there and play. Uh, not everybody can have somebody playing
6: 24 seven, 12 months a year with their sport. So true, uh, because in my in my eyes, you're only young once. Play as much as you can. Have fun with it, and. It, playing multiple sports you get to develop other skills or that will also help in, in other sports you know especially i like guys who play fall sports because all of that lifting the the uh, running all the footwork it really helps in baseball
2: well and it, just from a competitive standpoint obviously that's that's got to help you as well
6: Oh, and staying competitive is the big thing. I talked to other high school coaches, and they're like, man, you guys got a lot of multi-sport athletes. And I said, yeah, we encourage it. And they're like, man, I wish we had more guys that played multi-sports because it means they stay more competitive uh, throughout the school year, not just focus on one sport.
4: Well, and I think you see those guys sometimes when they played for championships that they have a calm about themselves because they've been put in that situation before. It's oh, my gosh, now all of a sudden I've got the nerves, I've got the jitters. They can look to their left and right and know that the other guy has done that before, and they've depended on him not just in practice but in these big games.
6: Big time, and it shows their leadership and their uh, tenacity on the, on the court or on the f- baseball field, the football field, uh, whatever situation. They're prepared and ready to, to do whatever is called upon them.
2: We're talking with John Hemmer. He's the head coach of the Mishawaka baseball team, sectional champion last spring, uh, won that first-round game at regionals against Penn, and we had, we were uh, fortunate to, to broadcast that game, and it was a great game, and, I mean, talk about it, a competitor. you got a guy like Sam Shively out there on the mound for you. I mean, they've got a Division One kid on the other side uh, pitching for Penn in that game, and here's Sam Shively. He's going to Taylor University to pitch next year he's a quarterback for the football team and I, I mean he was the better pitcher that day
6: yeah he had better control ryan lynch uh, who is going to notre dame to play uh, he did he pitched fairly well just struggled with his breaking ball right and uh he pretty much relied on his fastball against us and we we struggled a little bit hitting but when that one inning where we were able to get a couple runs on the board that really helped lift us and build our confidence that yet yeah, we got this game
2: absolutely and i mean so now with with all these i mean I, I went down a whole list of guys that you've got back from that team i imagine you've got to be feeling uh, pretty good i mean you're 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 in the off season now you're starting to gear up toward when when does your off season conditioning start
6: uh we're doing lifting right now for okay. those guys who are not in fall sports and uh, winter sports but really our winter workouts will start up in january
4: when you think about just the, the experience you had last year, and take us back to the beginning of the season when it was a little bit of a struggle, but you stayed the course, you kept believing in these kids. Even though you lost a few close games and the weather was horrible, there were all kinds of excuses to fold the season. You stayed the course, and then all of a sudden you get the toughest draw in the sectional, and you've got to go through Plymouth, you've got to go through LaPorte, and you've got to beat these teams, and, and the kids were ready at
6: the right time. That is so true. And we didn't start very well in the beginning of the season. We hit some roadblocks, and uh, we just had to keep going. I mean, that's one thing about with sports. You just got to keep pushing. You got to stay positive. And that's one thing that I like to do is, be, is to stay positive. And I try to keep the guys in, in, uh, encouraged to play for the next day and, and the next, make the next play and play for the next day because uh, to me it's a thrill to see who's going to shine the next day you know, or shine that day. Right. And that's what makes it exciting for me because you never know who it's going to be. And, you know, can't be the guy off the bench, might be the starting pitcher, might be the reliever. You just never know. And that's what makes it fun, especially for me.
4: I tell you, if we would have played inside in the gym, <laughs> these guys were incredible <laughs> in March and April. I was down there watching them and they were fielding the balls left and right off the gym floor. That was a lot of work in the gym, probably three solid months that April was horrible last year. Well, that's play. what I was going to say. It wasn't a
2: very good no, spring last no. year.
6: No, we uh, that's what stinks of uh, for baseball is right. you know, we get the the weather, the bad weather at beginning of the year, so we, we have to go inside and we don't get much done when we're inside. There's a big difference between doing stuff inside and doing stuff outside. Until we get the Steyer's dome. Once the Sean
4: <laughs> Steyer's dome, he donates it. We'll we'll be ready.
6: We're Can't still we?
2: we're still working on the the Sharply Samarja dome that <laughs> to go. be built someplace here. They've got a little bit more cash flow, I think. Well, was there was there kind of a turning point moment for you guys? Do you think last year, Coach, as you kind of built up to that sectional and regional?
6: Yes, there, I believe there was a moment. Um, I know we did not play well against Riley. I mean, give Riley all the credit. They played very well. We did. We had a lot of a few different things going on that really affected us on the field. And at that point, it was time to say, hey, we've got to figure this out, guys. If we don't figure this out and get going the way we are capable of going, it's going to be a long season.
4: You've got a young son here, and I know there are a lot of parents who talk about working their kids and playing summer baseball. And How much do you think parents really need to encourage their kids, and when should they start thinking about, we should get these kids playing? Because it's almost like parents sometimes think, if we pay the money, my kid's going to get a college scholarship, and if they do it real early, the earlier the better. In your opinion, is, is that the case?
6: That's a tough question, and every parent is different. With our sons, we're holding off on the like the travel ball. We want them to enjoy baseball, develop the skills, and they they know our our boys are going to be at the baseball field no matter what. They love it, Uh, they work with our players at times. Um, We just want them to have fun first. We don't want them to get burned out like some of these older guy high school players will get, uh, you know, playing travel ball. And we feel that. Playing travel ball at a young age could cause burnout at a later stage. Could be a lot of games.
2: What's this guy's name? You've got sitting here next to you.
6: This is my son Johnny. He just turned nine last Wednesday. All right. Hi. All
2: right. <laughs> He's been waiting the whole time, John. We appreciate you coming out. Congratulations again on on uh, last year your sectional championship, and best of luck to you guys this year.
6: My pleasure. Thank you for having me tonight. All right. No problem. John Hammer and
2: Johnny. Hammer out of here with us tonight. Well, we've got just a few seconds before we wrap up. Dean, anything that you want to get in before we uh, got to go?
4: Well, it's great to have Coach Hemmer here, class act, and uh, good luck to the football team this Friday. I mean, they're still rolling along, and we're all proud of the way they're carrying themselves on and off the field, and, and Coach Kinder's doing a great job motivating them and take them to the next level.
2: Absolutely. Thanks to John Hemmer for coming out, Keith Kinder with us earlier, Grant Jablonski and Ricky King. Don't forget, kickoff is at 7.30 this Friday night here on 96.1 WSBT at Hobart. And uh, we'll have pregame. We'll have a little bit earlier pregame. We'll start just a little bit after 7 o'clock this Friday yeah,
4: night. 7.30 Mishawaka time.
2: Yep, that's right. That's right. Glad glad you clarified that. For Dean Hobart, I'm Sean Stiers. We will talk to you next week. Cape corner 96.1 WSBT.